news, stories that impact your lives, culture, and the music you love with a little Motor City flavor on 1019 WDET. He's a man known for a large personality, a, a colorful style, and lots of charisma. And so I guess he was just looking for some balance on the ticket. That was Indiana Governor Mike Pence with a strong speech last night and a little levity in a night that really needed it, winning over many delegates last night at the Republican convention. So what does Donald Trump need to say in his speech tonight to unify the party and appear more presidential? Or does he need to appear presidential? We want to hear from you what you'd like to hear from Donald Trump. 313-577-1019. And is there anything that he could say that would attract Michiganders and otherwise Midwest states that wouldn't necessarily go for... Uh, a Donald Trump candidate. To unravel those questions, we're joined now by Matt Resch. Matt is the founder of Resch Strategies, public relations firm in Lansing. He's a former deputy communications director for Governor John Engler and a former press secretary to Lieutenant Governor Dick Postumus. Matt, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Matt, Laura kind of outlined some of the ways people look at this issue. There seem to be two schools of thought. The one is that this is the moment for Trump to be presidential, to adopt a change in style that suggests his ability to rise to the challenge of the next phase of this campaign. Others will look at it and say Donald should be Donald. Trump should stick with the combative style that's brought him this far. I don't know if you put yourself in either camp or do you define the issue differently? I think that is a that's an excellent point, and I think that he's gotten to the point that he is being who he is. Um, the thing that has struck me the most listening to the speeches I've listened to the last few nights is that the person who's being described is not the person who we are seeing or have seen for the last year and a half. And that's kind of the thing that had me shaking, uh, scratching my head a little bit. Is you know what can he say? What can he do? to back up the, the very complimentary things that are being said about him by his kids and by his colleagues and his running mate, um, but at the same time appear authentic. Because we've seen for the last year and a half, if not for his entire career, uh, who he is and the way he approaches things. And I think that he does, he does I don't want to say he runs a risk, because I think the people who are with him are with him. Um, and the people who are today cheering Ted Cruz may never be with him. And so I think there is a small or a small group of people who are out there thinking, can he continue to can he continue to to be the populist champion that he has been through the, the last year? But give me anything that makes me think he's not crazy or he's not going to take us down some dangerous path. If anything, I think maybe his kids, as you mentioned, have presented that element of he's not crazy because they seem they so far we've heard speeches from Donald Jr. and Eric Trump uh, as well as Tiffany, although that was a much more brief speech. But the his son's speeches were pretty heavy on policy and direction of a Trump presidency. We're expecting to hear something similar from Ivanka tonight, who's sort of headed up the Trump brand for some time now. Um, if not, in the, if not actually, then at least in the public eye. Um, I think that they sort of have brought that element of well, if he was able to raise these functional human beings, maybe he's not so bad for people who are sitting on the sidelines thinking this is impossible that a person who speaks like this could be president. And then he presents this other element of this is who I am as a family man. Well, I think 
you know, first of all, I think I would I would be petrified if my my son was put on a stage and asked to talk about talk about me for, for twenty minutes. I have no idea where, where that would go. Well, your um, son is six it, or so, so that's, that's true. I would be entertaining. Uh, it might be similar to the Ted Cruz Ted Cruz speech. Um, no, but I, I think what's what's interesting is that you know I've seen a lot of people after the after uh, Donald Jr. gave his speech, it's like, wow, I wish he was running. Well, why hasn't his dad said any of the things that he said? Mm-hmm. Why has he not offered any of the substance that his son offered? And why should it be the son's job to get up on the national stage and say this is what my dad's going to do when his dad has given us really nothing over the last year to back any of that up? And that's, I will, I will tell you, I am, I am a skeptic, if you, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> um, I'm in that camp that I'm not sure what he could say that would kind of give me great confidence in, in his leadership because he hasn't given me anything to this point to give me any confidence. Um, but I think if, if you're going to go into this with an open mind, if you're a Republican who's a little uneasy, if maybe you were backing somebody else, you're looking for just some element of seriousness and substance to the, the challenges that we face. And that uh, a one-minute sound, you know, piecing together 45 one-minute sound bites tonight is not going to be enough to give me confidence that, that you really have a grasp of what you're doing and this isn't just a TV role for you. So you're saying he needs a Mike Pence-type speech? I mean, that was a pretty long but convincing speech of at least Mike Pence seriousness. I don't think he needs policy because I, I, I don't think he needs a 45-minute policy speech because I don't think he would deliver that well. I think, that's, I think he just needs to show that he is um, kind of a, a real human person. And I think so much of his persona has been this, um, it's kind of, he's like, a, he's like a super creature out there. It's like, you can't be like this. this. This can't possibly be how you are all the time. You can't just be yelling all the time. You can't be pounding things all the time. Let's see who you really are. Humanize yourself and make yourself appeal, appear a little more real. Not just like a bowling. Um, obviously a sure. lot. Sure. A lot of that has, has been attractive to some people. But I think for those people who are looking for a president who you know, can, can be a populist and can be a, a fighter for the people, we also need to know that um, you know, you're mentally balanced and can make the tough decisions that are coming your way. Matt, I don't want to get hung up in stagecraft because I think there's been way too much analysis of, of campaign mechanics at this convention already. But do you expect this to be a teleprompter-delivered speech? I think it probably will be. Um, I, I, I think that if, if those who are running it are smart, they'll try to make it that way because I think that um, you're going to want to have him say some certain things, and I don't know that if, if left to his own, his own devices and the way that he, he pretend, the way he usually gives speeches, that that's going to happen. And I think that a, a teleprompted speech, um, it may, he may go off. There might be portions of it that he may go off and, mm-hmm. and have his own, uh, own parts, but I think there are going to be some places that he's going to really need to hit home. Un- unless I've missed something in the campaign, I don't feel I've seen him deliver an effective speech from a teleprompter. And here we have the contrast, not just with his own son, who just did a tremendous job the other night uh, working in that medium, and then Mike Pence, who is as good as it gets, I think, at delivering a teleprompter speech. Uh, that was a marvelous speech last night on Pence's mm-hmm. part. You could really get this first time I'd ever seen him speak. You really got the sense why they wanted him on the ticket in that moment. But in a sense, can Donald measure up to his own team? Well, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. I think for those who are still weighing their options and de- deciding whether or not they can, they can vote for Donald Trump, He's going to have to. I think he's going to have to show that to those people. I think for the folks who are already there, who were already with him, who were booing Ted Cruz off the stage last night, he could do anything and it would be fine. And they would, they would cheer and be excited. Um, I don't know. I think that the big question here is, 
how many Republicans out there today are cheering Ted Cruz and how many of them are kind of shaking their head and are ashamed at, at what happened to the to the convention and the party last night. But what about I think, beyond that dynamic? I mean, that's kind of an in-house question within the Republican Party. Isn't this a moment when at least part of the audience are supposed to be people tuning in to see if there really is something worth considering in Donald Trump? Well, I think there are, although I think that this, this election cycle has been different a, a little bit because of, of his celebrity. Mm-hmm. I think that going into the convention, there are many fewer people than in a typical presidential year who don't know who the Republican nominee is or have some understanding of him already. I mean, I think you could argue that, that Mitt Romney and, and those, as they, as they made this big speech, this was their introduction to America. I don't think anyone can say that Donald Trump is just now introducing himself to Americans. I think they have a very good sense of him as a businessman, as a TV star, and now as a year and a half as a political candidate. Um, they have their ideas about who he is and how he acts and how he behaves, and I think that it's going to be very hard for him to sway many people at this point because I think those, um, those opinions are pretty, are pretty solid. Uh, we, I want to hear from listeners as well. What do you think Donald Trump needs to say to convince you, to convince your neighbors? Is there anything that he can say tonight that will um, give you confidence that he would be the right pick for you? 313-577-1019. Again, that's 313-577-1019. Matt, if you were running this campaign, uh, given your set of circumstances, would you rely more heavily on Mike Pence? Would you go to other surrogates more frequently? How would you uh, manage the message, if you will, as a as a communications director? Well, I, I, as risky as it sounds, I think that he's gotten here because about it's him. I mean, I I saw a political commentator tweet earlier this week that I was like, take a good look at Mike Pence because no one's going to see him again until after November. Right. There was sort um, of a cold greeting between them last night as well, mm-hmm. sort of a brief handshake. It looked like they were going in for maybe a little cheek kiss, but then it missed and then it was over. I mean, there was no arms raised over the head, which we typically see, uh, a grasping of hands and raising them over the head. That seems like it's a pretty um, standard image we see, but there's a coldness between them. Well, right. This is, I mean, this race is about Donald Trump. Um, and I, and it's, it always has been. Um, every time, you know, you, you can go back and look to any of the endorsements that he's gotten along the primary, the primary path and bringing them in and then having them stand behind him in, in kind of submission uh, as it, it was about him. It's always been about him. And, and that's, that's why he's been successful. I think that the people who are probably likely to you know, be attracted to a surrogate or someone giving a speech on his behalf, those, aren't the kind, those are the kinds of people who are turned off by the political system that we have right now. Those are the kind of people who are, they are going to Donald Trump because he's not being stuck about by surrogates. He's doing it himself, and it's that personality that they're connecting with. And I think that if, if, if they decide to go the surrogate route and make this all about people talking about what Donald will do, that takes the strength, whatever that strength is, they take that strength off the table because the strength is Donald. So you're saying maybe just unleash him a little bit more? Is that, I mean, if that's what he's done so far that has worked, it seems in some ways that that could be a a detrimental strategy for the future of the party as well. Well, I think that's that's inevitable, unfortunately, for, for me to say. But I think that for him, if we're just speaking about him and his success, um, I think that he needs to continue to do <clears throat> what he's doing. I think I am one who have, who's done interviews over the last year, and I've predicted his demise a dozen times, and it's never happened, and I'm not going to predict it again because I think that he, for whatever it is, he, he's found something that a, a large number of people have tapped into. Absolutely. Um, 
And I think that if, if it were anyone else besides Hillary Clinton, I don't think this would be much of a conversation. But I think one of the untold stories of this campaign, um, if it were not for Donald Trump, the, the story of this campaign would be how Bernie Sanders almost beat Hillary Clinton. Absolutely. And no one has talked about that. No right. one has talked about the fact that she almost lost to a socialist, a um, 75-year-old guy. And With she's a huge FBI investigation swirling around her as well. Right. I mean, this has not been the most flattering Democratic campaign for her. No, it's not. And I think it, uh, you know, Donald Trump is a, is a lucky guy, and I think she's lucky as well. They both, <laughs> they both uh, rolled the right dice this year. Mm-hmm. Matt, we've discussed on this program the idea that if there is a path to victory for Donald Trump on that electoral college map, it's going to have to run through the Rust Belt of America, you know, roughly Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, the states that have been impacted by trade, the states with displaced industrial workers. Do you expect to hear a message that's going to feel like it's aimed at us in Michigan in this speech tonight? I think that we're going to hear, I think we're probably going to hear a speech um, that hits the tone that I think a lot of people in America feel is that the government is not out to help them that they don't have a voice, they feel frustrated, that they're working hard and they're making less, they're paying more in taxes, and things just don't feel like they're getting better. They keep saying, they keep hearing on TV that the economy is okay, but it doesn't feel like it. And I think Trump's strength has come in, in taking up that fight on behalf of people. And I think giving voice and energy to people who wouldn't other, otherwise have voted, I think that's been a big part of his, his strength, is that people who were voting for him in these primaries, I think a good number of them, are folks who probably never got involved in primaries before because they just, you know, they thought, I'll, I'll, I'll tune in in November and figure out whoever the, the pick between the two. But this is a guy who's speaking to my angst. He's, he is giving, he's giving voice to what I feel every day. Mm-hmm. And they're willing to forgive the fact that he's a millionaire, and they're not. I mean, think about the fact that, you know, they, they, they hated Mitt Romney because he was a millionaire. But Donald Trump is an inherited millionaire, and, and they, they seem to... It. And they're loved for it. It's it's one of the mysteries of this. Matt, let's take a a couple quick phone calls here. Brian is in Royal Oak. Brian, welcome Mm. to the program. Oh, hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What are your thoughts? Um, Well, real quick, uh, I read an article in the New Yorker magazine um, that was a lengthy interview with the person who did the ghostwriting for Art of the Deal back Mm -hmm. in the 80s. And this gentleman named Tony Schwartz, um, is expressing a great deal of remorse now for playing a part in uh, bringing Donald Trump to national prominence. And it was extremely revealing about who Trump really is. This guy spent uh, a lot of time with Trump on a daily basis, listened into all of his phone calls, and he would go home at night and say to his wife that being with Trump was completely draining and exhausting. Right. And if he had to title the book today, he would call it The Sociopath. Right. Um, so that gave me a great deal of concern about the idea that somehow underneath all of this, there's a normal person. And according to this gentleman, there just isn't. There's nothing else. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very, very concerned about him being played up as, just putting on a show, and underneath, he's a good family man and a good businessman. Sure. Uh, he just doesn't seem to be any of that. Brian, uh, thank you so much for your phone call. I appreciate that. I think that I read also that Donald Trump plans on suing the man who made these comments. I'm sure he had some sort of 
uh, contract that precluded him from talking, but we'll see how that unfolds as well. We could have a, um, a litigator in chief if Donald Trump is elected. Um, Peter is in Detroit. Peter, welcome to the program. Oh, well, thank you. Listen, you know what, Laura, I have changed my mind about okay. what I thought was going on here. Okay. Because I've been saying they have, you know, what happened to all these professional politicians who are supposed to be running this well-oiled uh, uh, convention like they always do, and the Republicans did it better than anyone with message, discipline, and everything in control. But you know what? Donald Trump is running this with all the skills he learned from Vince McMahon when he was doing all that WWE stuff. Right. He's, you know, you've got to have an underdog who comes out and loses, and that was what he, he threw his wife out there. He comes out backlit with, with smoke like he's Gravedigger. And then you have to <laughs> it have did a kind bad of look guy like WWE. to boo. You let him boo t- Ted, Trump, uh, uh, Ted Cruz, and then what does Trump do? Trump comes out like he's getting ready to jump on top of the rope and do that flying thing and land on him. I mean, this is brilliant. <laughs> Peter, thank you so much for your call, as always. Um, yes, Chuck. P- Peter, I think, put his finger on something, though, that, that there's some level of success of some of the Trump imaging that comes out of the convention. But I'd like Matt's thoughts on this. Matt, it seems like he also still has to send a signal to certain elites in his own party that he's capable of running a disciplined campaign and for them to be willing to put their resources, financial and other resources, into the overall Trump effort, they've got to know this candidate is up to the challenge of being a general election candidate. To what degree do, is that one of the subtexts we have to look for tonight? Well, I guess I'm at the point where, where we're really not that far away from November, and I don't know that there's much more time for, for convincing. And I think that if he were serious about trying to convince those people, he would have done something differently before. And I think that there's part of him that's like, you know what, the train's going and I'm the conductor. You can get on it and we'll win. But if you don't want to get on the train, it's still going to move and we're still going to be successful. So get on or get off. I don't care. I'd like to have you on. But if you're not going to be on, don't worry. Don't slow me down. Sure. And I think that's kind of the approach he's taken. Matt Rush is the founder of Rush Strategies Public Relations Firm in Lansing. He was also the former Deputy Communications Director for Governor John Engler. Matt, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So coming up next, we've heard a lot about what's going on inside of the Republican Convention Center in Cleveland. How about outside of the arena? Well, the Michigan State Police know because they're there. We'll talk to them next.